Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Also, some of you are on the Black Financial Channel. That's the theblackfinancialchannel.com. And on the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day. And the topic for today is I read this article about a college student who actually flies every day to go to work. She literally gets on an airplane and she flies every day to work and she said it saves her money. So we're going to talk about that break it down. I'm explaining to you why she saves money, why it makes sense. So get comfortable, walk up seat, but we're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. Anyway, uh, I already told you why we do what we do, and so I'm not going to spend much time on that. I'm going to jump right into the topic. Uh, stay until the end of the chat, and at the end, I will give you a stock that uh, that I think that I plan to buy tomorrow that I believe is going to do well. And uh, my goal is to help you make money. I want you to be richer, smarter, and happier. That's my goal. Uh, I want to say uh, hello, Warren Battle and Charles Holman. Shout out the city. Let me know what city you're from. Also, let me know if you guys can hear me okay. Uh, I have a new microphone. I need to do an audio check. Give me a yes if you can hear me. Also, a reminder, this podcast is on Spotify. So if you go to Spotify and you look up Boyce Watkins, you will find the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. And if you go to drboycefinance.com, I will be more than happy to give you a shout out on this platform. We have over a million subscribers on different platforms. So if you have a Black-owned business and you want to get some shine on your business, uh, support us and we will support you. It is a reciprocal scenario. Anyway, uh, hey, Sharif Smith and uh, UL Learn uh, with Robert. How are you? All right. Thank you uh, for giving Robert for giving me the feedback. Dr. Vibe, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. All right. So uh, let me tell you what I just read. I read this story. And I had been meaning to get to this, and I really thought it was really fascinating. It's about this college student who literally goes to her internship, and she uh, she 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 flies every day. She gets on an airplane, and uh, and basically, uh, it, this is in CNBC. And I'm gonna read some of this to you, and I'm gonna give you my insights in that, and let you know why. I thought this was really interesting. I'm going to tell you a funny story, too. It says, college interns typically find cheap places to live for the summer. One woman is going to great lengths to do that. South Carolina uh, resident Sophia Solentano commutes to her New Jersey summer internship by plane, weekly revealing on her TikTok account that is actually cheap, cheaper than renting near her advertising gigs New Jersey office. The 21-year-old TikTok, uh, TikTok headline, Why I Take a Plane to Work. Uh, it went viral, and she talked about her routine. She wakes up at 3 a.m. to catch a flight from Charleston to Newark every Wednesday, and she acknowledges that it's a really untraditional thing to do, but it works for me, yada, yada, yada. She says, rather than spending $3,400 a month for rent, I book a $100 round-trip flight on the one day I work in person. As a corporate marketing intern, she explained to her LinkedIn. The, the median cost of renting an apartment in Manhattan is $4,241, which is way too damn much, absolutely way too damn much. And uh, she, I think that she makes about $15 to $20 an hour on her job, which would make $4,200 a month a lot of money. Now, here's what's going on here. This is what's interesting. This is why I want to talk to you guys about this story. Uh, first off, it's it's shocking, right, that somebody would take a plane to work every day or or not every day, once a week. She only goes in once a week. So that's the first point, obviously, right? When I heard that story, I said she probably only... Uh, goes into the office once a week, maybe twice a week, uh, which means that she doesn't actually have to be in New Jersey except for the days that she's working, right? So so you think about this, right? Think about how many people you know who, uh, if they took an internship like that, would feel like if I have an internship in New Jersey, even if it's remote work, I still have to live in New Jersey. 
And so uh, this is basic, a very basic thing. But I love the fact that she's thinking outside the box in order to save money. This young lady will probably be very wealthy because she's not afraid to do things a little bit different. Holla if you hear me. Let me know if you like what you're seeing here. So uh, so that's that's the first thing. I knew that it had to be remote work. And, uh, and then also this actually impacts job choice. See, a lot of people, when they pick a job, and I remember when I was in college and I was trying to get internships, the number one variable that I looked at on the job was how much am I going to get paid? How much am I going to get paid? Right? You look for money, right? How much money you get, right? And what you have to factor in is quality of life. You really have to factor in quality of life. If you don't factor in quality of life, then you're going to end up picking the wrong job every time because money is important. Give me a yes if you agree that money is important. Everybody type the word money in the chat. Money, 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 money. We talk about money all the time. Money is the big thing that we cover. I'm an expert on money. I can teach you how to make a whole lot of money. But let me explain to you something about money that most people do not understand. Are you listening? Money is very important, but there are some things that money cannot buy. And those are the true treasures in your life. Those are the things that you use money to protect. Money is like on the chessboard, you have the pawns that protect the kings and the queens and all the important pieces on the board. Money is just the, the army that protects the things in your life that actually matter, like your health. Thank you, uh, Robert. Uh, like your, um, your, uh, your, your emotional well-being, like your relationships with your family. Right. All these things are things money came back because when you get sick, let me tell you, I know people that got cancer. Anybody know about cancer or that's sick and old and whatever. Once you get sick, a lot of times you can't come back from that. If you're real sick and you're old, you can't get that back. Uh, time when you get older and you're on your deathbed, you can't go back in time. I've been trying to invent time machines for the last 15 years because I've been celebrating uh, I, this year. I will be to, in tomorrow, June 20th. I will be celebrating the 27th anniversary of my 25th birthday. So I will be 25 for the 27th time in a row. So now I am really good at being 25 years old because I've been practicing for 27 years. Right. And I've been trying to invent that time machine and I have not yet been able to come up with that invention. So, so, so other things, you know, we talk about relationships, all these things, right? You lose that chance to connect with your kids or your parents or your loved ones. That's going away. So my point is to say that I love what I love her thinking. I love her decision making. So in fact, if you take it back one step and you see what she's doing, right? She's flying a plane to work, you know, once a week. Um, that's unconventional. But I bet you that there was also another selection process where she had to decide what job she wanted. And I wouldn't be surprised maybe if there was another job that paid a little more money, maybe an extra 20%, maybe it paid, you know, $23 an hour instead of $20 an hour. And maybe she passed up that job because that job would have required her to move to New Jersey, be there full time and pay $4,200 a month. That is called playing chess over checkers. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. Chess, multidimensional chess will make you more effective when it comes to wealth than just playing checkers. And it's important to talk about this on Juneteenth. I'm going to do a Juneteenth address on drboystv.com a little bit later. My son's going to set up the, the, the our podcast studio, so I'm going to do that. But 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 really, I want you to understand that when you talk about Juneteenth, and one point I'm going to get to tonight on Juneteenth is that most black people still ain't free. Most black people ain't free. In Juneteenth, they didn't actually free the slaves. They they just told the slaves that you go, you're going to go from being uh, you're going to go from being unpaid slaves to being paid slaves, right? Instead of going from the uh, agricultural plantation, you'll just be on a version of the corporate plantation. 
Instead of uh, instead of having no access to freedom, we're going to give you the illusion of freedom. Because I can tell you, in this country, in a capitalist society, if you ain't got no money, you ain't got no freedom. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. I can literally tell you all day, you can go do whatever you want. Just go. Just leave. You don't have to be here. You don't have to come to this job, right? You're free to go. Well, why don't you go? Well, you're not going to go if you need the money. You're not going to go if you're broke. So is freedom really available if you have no money? The answer is absolutely not. It's just not true. Not in America. I'm sorry. So so anyway, so so as I saw this story, I thought it was really cool the way this young lady, you, she's not even black, but I don't care. I learned from everybody who's smart. And it sounds like she's a smart young woman. I remember I got my, the best internship I ever got, my quote unquote dream job. Um, in case y'all don't know, when I was in college, I was I was hot shit. I was I was the number one black student on the entire campus. They had a ranking of all of our grade point averages. I I beat the the next highest person by a long shot. And I had a triple major. I got two bachelor's degrees in four years. Could have got three. If I'd taken one more class, I would have got three. And uh, and and, I, and I, I just killed it. Right. So I was hot stuff. Right. Couldn't tell me nothing. Well, I got my dream job with GE Aircraft Engines in Lynn, Massachusetts. They were going to pay me all this money. They gave me a fancy apartment. I was working in Lynn, Massachusetts. And you know what? I hated that job. I absolutely hated that job. I hated the work. I didn't like my manager. Her name was Mary. I'm not going to say her last name because she might she might see this, but she was an absolute blankety blank. I'm not going to cuss, but she was just a blankety blank. And I remember how miserable I was. And that's when I started thinking, man, I'm supposed to be living the dream. This is my dream. I got my dream job, but I ain't happy. I don't feel like I'm living in a dream. I feel like I'm living in a nightmare. So some of y'all go through the same thing. You have your so-called dream job or maybe your dream woman or your dream man. And then you find out you're like, well, if I'm living a dream, why am I so unhappy? <laughs> it's just the best that a dream can get. Well, if you ain't happy, you ain't living a dream. I don't know what you live in. You live in purgatory or something. But if you're not happy at the end of the day, that's not a dream, people. That means maybe perhaps you need some knowledge of self to figure out what the real dream is, what the real goal is, so you can really achieve that goal. Money should be a part of that process. So anyway, <clears throat> do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. I want to say hi on TikTok. Uh, I'm on TikTok. My name is Boyce Watkins on TikTok. Also on Instagram, The Real Boyce Watkins. I spent this weekend in Atlanta. Uh, we're putting out a new movie called B1, the movie directed by Rick Mathis. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, also, I hung out with my friend, rapper Killer Mike. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. I've been friends with him for a long time. We had dinner with his wife. And then I also was on a podcast called Hardly Initiated, which is a growing, massive podcast that uh, was started by some students from the Black Business School. And I love it when I hear your stories and you tell us how the Black Business Schools helped you. We're very proud of our HBCU that we created. It's financially independent, so we don't have to depend on the government. We don't have to depend on corporations. We can make our own curriculum. And it's based on a poweronomics philosophy. It's based on black wealth. It's based on black ownership. It's based on black generational legacy building. So uh, anyway, um, uh, so hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And uh, also, if, if you like this kind of stuff, if this is your thing, the All Black National Convention happens October 20th in Atlanta. So if you'd like to join us, uh, just go to allblacknationalconvention.com, or you can also go to boycewalkins.com and get information. I got a free training there called How to Make Money Without Working, all kinds of stuff. And shout out to Tierra K.J. Williams. That's my homegirl out of L.A., one of the most talented actresses on the entire planet. So God bless you, Tierra. Love you, sis. All right. So, uh, so last piece I'm going to throw in here is that so this young lady basically uh, it says that she's going to be saving $2,000 this summer 
uh, by flying to work. She spends $100 a week flying to work because she understands the importance of flexibility. Here's what she said. She says, I've grown up seeing the flexibility and benefits that provides their lifestyle. So I didn't really think twice about super commuting this summer. She was talking about her parents because her parents had a similar setup. She said, I, let's see here. The financial piece would definitely be shocking from an outside perspective. The fact that commuting is cheaper for me says a lot about the current cost of living and pressures young adults face as they enter the working world. Holy crap. Holy crap. Is that is that what she said? The lady who... Yeah, yeah, this is what this is a 21 year old said this. Let me tell you why her statement is very powerful. Let me tell you, I, I don't even know this girl, and she's not she's not black, but I'm telling you, you, you need to learn from everybody who's smart. I, I ain't just looking to see if you're black or not, I'm looking to see if you got some sense. What this young lady's saying that I really want every young person to hear, and every older person too, because all of us need to learn this, is listen to her words, listen to the key words that come up in this sentence. I'm about to break down some financial psychology for y'all. She said she talks about her parents. Her parents had a similar setup. Her parents did also did a super commute, which saved them money. So this is what this reflects is the generational legacy aspect of wealth building. Most of us lived our lives based on what we were taught. Do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of you grew up with going to work every day because, you know, because you saw that with your parents when you were a kid. That's what happened. You became an adult. You imitated what your parents did. You know, and unfortunately, it translates into other areas. If your parents uh, didn't believe in things like marriage, it may have caused some problems in your own marriage or, or your decision whether or not to get married. If your parents, uh, you know, gave you bad advice about uh, your health and eating, you probably grew up eating garbage like a lot of black people do. So so she's saying she learned this from her parents. So part of her inheritance from her parents is this thing called common sense. You know, her parents gave her that ability to think different. And that is pay paying off big time for her. So remember, your kids are not just going to inherit your money. They're going to inherit you. You understand what I'm saying? They're not just going to inherit dollar bills. They're going to inherit lessons from you. You know, you're not just leaving assets. You're leaving uh, You're leaving intellect, right? So so make sure you leave all those things to your kids. Don't just leave them money. Uh, the, the next thing she says here, I'm going to read her quote. She says, I've grown up seeing the flexibility and benefits that provides their lifestyle. So she's talking about flexibility. And benefits, flexibility. A lot of people don't consider flexibility on the job. And they just consider the money. They think about it in a, what is called a one-dimensional framework. You're looking at one variable. How much am I going to get paid? You know, you're not thinking about the quality of work. You're not thinking about the flexibility. None of that. I've seen people who to left a job making, say, 60, 60K, took an, a job as an Uber driver and were making 52K, but used that flexibility to start their business, which now makes them half a million. Do you understand what I'm saying? So they went, they took one step backward to take 10 steps forward. They went from 60K to 52K to half a million because they started playing chess and not checkers. Uh, the What's the other piece here? What else did she say that really got my attention? She says, so, I, re so I, they, I didn't really think twice about super commuting this summer. I understand, though, why people were so shocked by my decision. So she knows that she's thinking outside the box, but she also, like unlike a lot of people, has the courage to go outside the box. If you really want to have a free life, you got to get out of the box. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you live inside the box, then you'll never be free because ain't no freedom inside the box because you're in the damn box. So thinking outside the box is one thing. Going, Having the courage to go outside the box is another thing. Stop living in the box. Stop following your friends. Stop paying attention to broke people. Stop copying generational curses. Stop doing whatever somebody else did just because you thought that's the best way. Get around people that are going to give you the courage to go with your instincts and do what you really need to do instead of trying to do it the wrong way over and over and over again. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying there. All right. So the uh, the next thing she says, here's another part. She says, quote, 
the financial piece would definitely be shocking from an outside perspective. She used the term financial peace. Why is that important? That's a That dings me. Dave Ramsey uses that term financial peace a lot. Well, financial peace is referring to mental health, right? See, a lot of people don't think about that. They don't understand how many people have a lot of money, but are very unhappy. They have a lot of money, but their mental health is in the garbage. They have a lot of money. Deion Sanders talks about how he was super wealthy and doing extremely well, had every woman, every fancy car, went to every party, but drove it, was ready to drive himself off a bridge and kill himself. Well, how does that happen? How can you have all the how can you have all the material things and still be sad? Well, it's easy because money does not buy you happiness. You have to apply it the right way to give yourself access to happiness. Money can give you the freedom to pursue happiness. But if you don't know what happiness looks like, then you're not going to get it. Do you understand? OK, so so that term financial peace. I love that. I love that. Uh, let's see. What else does she say? She says the fact that commuting is cheaper for me says a lot about the current cost of living and pressures young adults face as they enter the working world. So she's again, she's talking about pressures and lifestyle and all these things that should matter more than money. And I just absolutely love it. So uh, so here's my here's my point. Here's my tip. And then uh, hang on to the end. I'm going to give you uh, I'll let you guys know a stock I'm going to buy on Monday or on Tuesday as soon as Juneteenth is over. And that way it'll be, you know, I, I hope you make some money. Uh, at least we'll be in it together. So if my if if, if my if my expectation doesn't pan out, we'll be going down together. But uh, but but you guys saw with C3 AI, you, you I, I hope you've seen how well that stock has done. I've been talking about C3.AI for about a year now. And it's done extremely well. As you see in the last month or two, it's gone up probably 70, 80 percent. So there are other stocks out there that are going to do well. I'll let you guys know some stocks that are uh, one of the stocks that I'm going to buy more shares in on Monday. All right. So uh, anyway, so the uh, last piece uh, here is um, is the importance of understanding that the world is changing. Uh, the world is changing in ways that are incredibly unfortunate for the American worker. AI is not going to make it any better. AI is only going to make it worse. Uh, workers in this country are getting screwed. Your, your wages are going down. Your rent is going up. Uh, uh, inflation is not going to go away. Uh, basically, this country is built in a way that does not serve the worker. Uh, and uh, maybe that's going to change. I hope it does. But your congressmen, they have no balls. Uh, you're, you're, you know, you have no leadership that's really advocating for you. So you've got to advocate for yourself. This is what I see, to be honest with you. So one of the things I would encourage you to do is understand that as the economy changes, You've got to utilize your resources that have nothing to do with money. Uh, in, in my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, it's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. You're going to love this book. It'll change your life. I guarantee it. In this book, one of the things I talk about is this untapped resource, this million-dollar resource that everybody has. And that resource is actually your family. And <clears throat> if your family's broken, then you can build a family. You can get around people that uh, that operate on the same code of conduct and form some sort of group or collective. Uh, but if you're starting a family, there are ways to put your children on code so that the family sustains itself and strengthens itself. When everybody in the family is working together for the same objective, everybody's pouring their 40, 50 hours a week instead of serving white folks somewhere, they're pouring that into the family business. Well, the family business will naturally grow. The family business will get more attention. Things you give attention to are the things that grow. So again, you give your attention to negative energy, you give your attention to negative things, you give your attention to negative people, then the drama will grow. The weeds in your life will grow. If you give your attention to positive things, if you give your attention to wealth building, you give your attention to intellect, then those things will grow. So, <clears throat> so remember, attention is a commodity. And one of the problems that we have as a black community, now, if you're not black here, I don't want to offend you, but I'm sorry, I'm here for the black community. That's But you're welcome to listen because black people, intelligent black people are going to lead the world. So you'd be wise to listen to us. But here's the point. Um, you know, one of the reasons that black wealth drops is because most of our attention, 
most of our energy is going toward building institutions in white communities. Uh, if you think about for example, I did a, a video this weekend that got a lot of people mad. I didn't want to make anybody mad, but I have to tell the truth. Where I was explaining how how wealthy the University of Colorado is going to be, given that they acquired Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was a billion-dollar asset for the black community, and now Deion is working for Colorado. So Colorado, as a result of Deion being there, they have to pay him a measly $5 million a year. Believe it or not, honestly, that's not a lot of money. Um, I could have explained to him how to make at least $10 million a year just by staying right where he was because he's the billion-dollar brand. But he maybe he saw things different, and that's totally fine. But let me tell you, the fact that Deion has been acquired, uh, he, he's not just a hire. He's a corporate asset. He's not just a guy that they gave a job to. He's literally a billion-dollar brand they now have access to. They can monetize on an epic level. Let me give you a couple examples. Number one, University of Colorado football tickets sold out for the entire season for the first time in 27 years. Number two, the average cost of a ticket to a University of Colorado football game is between $400 and $1,100. You couldn't give those tickets away last year because the team absolutely sucked. Number three, the number of, of merchandising deals and television deals and, and everything from the concessions to the to the tickets sold in the parking lot. All that's going up because Dion is there. He instantly catapulted this crappy brand, this crappy garbage college football brand, and made them into literally the hottest brand in all of college football. They, so if you value the University of Colorado football brand like you value an NFL team, their valuation probably went from a couple hundred million to well over a billion dollars, all because Dion went to their institution. So because Dion's attention is on Colorado, that's going to build Colorado. That's going to make them wealthier. They're going to have more students. They're going to add to their $2.1 billion budget. I bet you that their annual budget is probably bigger than the annual budget of every HBCU in America combined. That's how much money white people have. No disrespect if you're white. I hope I don't offend you, but I really don't care. The reality is that y'all got all the damn money and y'all built it off our backs because you took our wealth and you owe us reparations. Let's just not get that twisted. If you don't agree with me, if you have a problem with that, then I can't help you. I'm just going to have to debate you. So so my point on this is to say <clears throat> that, that, that I'm tired of giving it all away. I'm tired of us losing. I'm tired of us ending up in last place. I'm tired of us sitting around hoping and praying that one day somebody's going to do right by us. If you look at the real history of Juneteenth, you know that Juneteenth was not a time where we were freed and given all the access to all these resources. Juneteenth was a time where we went from being unpaid slaves to being paid slaves. That was literally the, the major change that, that occurred when Juneteenth was announced. So I think it's very important for us as black people to understand that you're going to have to create your own Juneteenth. And one of the ways you do that is by being creative and flexible when it comes to how you build your economics. One term of flexibility might be the restructuring of what it means in terms of how you live as families. What's wrong with two families, two, three families getting together and buying a big old plot of land and buying a mansion on that land or getting little houses on that property? Maybe getting 40 acres of land and putting, you know, four mini houses on that land where everybody has their own house or something, right? Why not do that, right? Then that way, if the, if the, if the monthly payment is, I don't know, $2,000 a month or $3,000 a month, which would allow you to force something really massive, you're splitting that amongst three or four different families as opposed to everybody trying to make it on their own. And then also, you got to work on your damn marriages. If you're going to get married, do it right or don't do it at all because marriage is a wealth killer. If you get married, invest in the marriage. Invest in understanding your wife. Learn how to understand your husband. Submit to each other. Submit to the union. Put your ego to the side for the betterment of the group because I can tell you as a married man, and I love my beautiful black wife. She's a six-figure wife. She ain't no, she didn't show up broke. She didn't show up busted. She didn't show up ignorant. She showed up educated and on point and wealthy. Well, guess what? Together, 
we become a super team. We are superheroes that, that help each other out. We have each other's back and our children are protected because of that. And one of the things that we try our best to do is make sure that we understand the fight is outside. It's not inside. My fight is with the world. It ain't with her. My fight is with oppression. It's not with the black women that love me and support me and have my back. So what I'm saying to you is at the end of the day, when you're talking about wealth, I want you to just think in terms of being creative, right? There's no standard way on how you're supposed to live. Like, for example, when kids get to be 18, I grew up believing that when you're 18, it's time to go. My father did that to me. My father told me you got six months. You can either join the military or get a job, but you got or you can go to college, but you got to get out of here. Um, I didn't do that to our son. He's 20. He still lives with us. At first, I didn't like it. At first, I'm like, what you doing in here? You're a grown man. You need to be gone. But then the, that that was the slave thinking in me. But then the other side of me said, no, boy, stop that. This kid is smart. He can help you. He understands technology. He understands videography. He can help you with your podcast. He can help you ship. So now all the kids work for me. Now all my kids she shipped my books for me. <laughs> all my kids help me run my podcast. They give me great ideas. They help me do the things that I do. And we're all more successful because of it. And guess what? Didn't nobody's rent go up. They're not out here struggling, trying to find a way to pay $1,500 in rent every month to some white man that doesn't like them. No Or even a black man that doesn't like them. This ain't even about race. This is about, about being smart. So what I'm saying to you is be creative in how you how you uh, build your family. Be creative in how you survive. Think outside the box. You're going to have to. You're going to have to stick together because this whole like do it all by myself mindset, this rugged individualism that they teach you, that ain't going to work in America in the future. I'm sorry. Um, I can tell you as I, I'm, I'm a rich man. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm broke. I'm 51. I should be. I should have some resources by now. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I understand what rich people are doing. I understand that this country operates in favor of the rich. Um, I understand that there is nothing right now in, that I see anywhere that says things are going to get better for workers and struggling families. So the best advice I can give you is understand this game so you can make sure that your kids and your family are not caught in the mud because a whole lot of our people are going to go down bloody and burning, economically speaking, especially given that a vast majority of people don't even know about chat GPT. Seriously, I mean, it freaks me out that only 14% of the country even uses chat GPT. And I'm like, that's not even the beginning. I've studied AI extensively. You have no idea how complex and, and how vast and how pervasive AI is going to be in the next few years. Crazy. Anyway, let me shut up now. Let me give you some, uh, let me give you a stock pick that I like. Um, there is a, <clears throat> a stock that I that I bought that I'm going to actually buy more shares of. Uh, it's called Smartsheet, Smartsheet Incorporated, S-M-A-R, S-M-A-R. And uh, now this stock has run a lot. Uh, I've made a lot of money from this stock. It looks like so far it's given me about a 26% ROI. I believe it has more than 26% left to run. So literally I'm going to add to my, my share count uh, because I believe the stock market still has a lot more going up to do. Also, let me tell you this. I'm begging you. I'm, I'm letting you know right now. I hope you'll listen. Please buy, buy you some Bitcoin. Please. I mean... It's not investing advice. I'm supposed to say that for legal reasons. But I have every reason to believe Bitcoin is going to be worth a ton more in three to five years than it is right now. Every reason, and, 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 and if you and if I'm wrong, then in four, three, five, three, four, five years, play this video again. Because I'll be here. I'll be doing the same thing. If I'm still breathing, I'm going to be sitting here talking to you like I, like I am right now. Bitcoin 
once the SEC gets done suing Coinbase and they create that legal clarity, Bitcoin is expected to explode. BlackRock, which controls trillions of dollars in assets, I don't know if it was $9 trillion, BlackRock is right now petitioning to create a Bitcoin spot ETF. Don't worry about what that means. That just means BlackRock's getting in the game. A lot of companies are getting in the game. Every indicator I'm seeing right now is saying, boys, <laughs> buy as much Bitcoin as possible. So you know what I'm doing? I'm buying a little bit of Bitcoin every week. Just with extra money I got, I'm just stockpiling it, just shoveling it, just throwing it in the back, <clears throat> not even thinking about it. <clears throat> it's a long-term play. But I think Bitcoin, that's it. That's all I got to say. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Reminder, this podcast is on Spotify, so you can find my name, Boyce Watkins, and uh, look up the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. Uh, we talk about economics, but we also talk about Black people stuff, and I love to do that. Also, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is on Amazon. It is a bestseller. Feel free to read the reviews. The reviews are very good. They're four, about, four, I think, 4.9 stars out of five, so you guys seem to love it. I guarantee you it's going to change your life. Also, if you go to boycewalkins.com, we were talking about AI earlier. I have a list of AI stocks that I really like. So if you are into the stock market thing and you want to invest, which I hope everybody's going to consider doing, just go to boycewalkins.com. There's some resources there you can check out. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Tonight, later on, I'm going to do a, uh, an address to talk about Juneteenth. And uh, and so um, feel free to go subscribe to drboystv.com to check that out. All right, have a great, a great day, guys. It was wonderful talking to you. I love you. God bless you. And I hope that you make a shit ton of money. Talk to you later. Peace.